0: This is A Course in Business Miracles episode number 98, HSE Feature with leadership community organizer and visual designer Ennis Carter. Welcome to this Business Miracles HSE Feature episode. I am just so happy to be featuring Ennis Carter as a member of the Business Miracles community and as a successful, highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader. Anis, along with being a valued member of the Business Miracles community, is a leadership community organizer and visual designer. She is the founding director of DFSI Social Impact Studios, based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She began her career as a community organizer in New Jersey in the late 1980s, following her study of philosophy at New York University. After a decade in the nonprofit field, she started Social Impact in Philadelphia in 1996 as a social enterprise to engage people in issues and culture through the creative combination of communication and grassroots organizing. She specializes in movement building through community engagement, strategic action planning, creative design and messaging, and campaign management. Ennis is also a visual artist, the curator and author of Posters for the People, Art of the WPA, and was named one of the 50 Best Women in Business by Pennsylvania Governor Ed Rendell. Listen in as I talk with highly sensitive entrepreneur and leadership community organizer and visual designer, Ennis Carter, to hear how she joined the Business Miracles community and was feeling like she needed a next level of purpose and now genuinely feels she has that restored sense of purpose, so much so that she is thriving through exceptional times and supporting her community to thrive through these times as well. Ennis is a deeply insightful, highly sensitive powerhouse of a leader, and I'm so happy to invite you into our conversation today.
1: Ennis, welcome to the Business Miracles podcast. Thank you so much, Heather. I am really looking forward to this conversation First of all, I am just such a fan of you and your work and all the ways that you show up as a highly sensitive entrepreneur and leader, and I'm really excited for all the ways that I get to work with you more deeply as we head into 2021, and that includes this conversation. So I'd love for us to start just by having you share just a little bit about, you know, when you first learned that you were highly sensitive and maybe even a little bit about, you know, what was going on for you when you and I first connected. How did your HSE and HSL journey begin for you?
2: Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to talking with you too about this because it's so easy to jump right into the program to be able to just back up and think about how I got here is always just really a great thing to do. So I think I really learned about being highly sensitive through trying to help my daughter, um, who is 16. I was a Teenager once. (laughs) So I was kind of understanding and feeling Mm -hmm. this empathy around these teenage years, but it seemed like there was something else that was more deeply going on. And through kind of trying to help her with uh, some challenges and struggles, our whole family there's only three of us my husband, my daughter, and I we took, you know, highly sensitive quizzes and we listened to, you know, Elaine Aaron's book and it became clear that we were all kind of in that boat which was great mm. because it was it was so amazing to be able to have something to name and identify after years and years and years of just feeling completely you know out of the loop of everything so that coincided with me kind of thinking well is this maybe one reason why i continue to struggle in just how I'm feeling about a business that I've been running for almost 25 years. And as a good HSE, I went to the Internet and did some research. (laughs) And I put, you know, highly sensitive business or something along those lines. And you came up and I took the quiz and I I was really excited. But I was also kind of it almost seemed unreal that there would be something that combined these elements of, high sensitivity and being Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur. And I think that that's one of the things, my experience of being a highly sensitive entrepreneur is that that is one of the things we do best is we combine two things or multiple things that don't seem like they would go together and there's a sweet spot that really makes them like why we're here to do this work.
1: Right, right, that's such a good point. You know, Things that wouldn't seem like they would go together probably more for those who are not highly sensitive but for those who are highly sensitive, it makes sense, or like you said, is really needed. I so appreciate you know you pointing that out, um, really highlighting that, and also that that was your experience. You know that one, you had the highly sensitive awareness to to actually search for that combination, and that I came up. Yay!
2: Yes. And <laughs> even better. You know i got it i got the i took the quiz i got the information i was like yeah and i'm on the email list and it just kind of you know i didn't act right away and i remember maybe a a month or so later i'm sitting in the living room and i'm like doing a classic like you know agitation (laughs) hse agitation mode where i'm just like oh what am i doing why am i still struggling And my husband, who is my, you know, we've been together 35 years and we're, he's, you know, he's been through it all with me. At one point he just said, maybe you need a coach. And I was like, oh, I tried that, you know, all the things that we do. And I did a classic move, which was my pusher move as a highly sensitive entrepreneur. I was like, I don't know. I just got to go back to work. (laughs) And I got in front of my computer and I opened my email and the first email I got was an you know, some kind of promotional email that was about your program.
1: Oh wow I I love it.
2: I this is it.
1: (laughs) Right, exactly. The signs, right, are nudging you even as you're trying to go into that coping mechanism of pushing and you know, yay on you for being able to pay attention and receive the signs even if it, you know, took a couple of knocks, but you know, that's that's what happens. We don't necessarily it get it. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Just one year, are you kidding? July of twenty nineteen. Oh my gosh. I feel like I've known you forever. I know that's this year.
0: Soul sisterhood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too.
1: Yeah. So tell and yes, in 2020 I hear you, so tell me then what has changed for you since the moment where you paid attention to that email, and we've begun our connection and you you know have really truly been you know such a demonstration of what it is to really use the trainings the teachings and the tools you know that that we provide what is what has happened for you what's
2: it like. Yeah, so I think the most important thing for me to say is that I have really restored my understanding of my purpose. And that is a big thing to say, like really, really a big thing to say, like a restored sense of purpose sounds Mm -hmm. almost too ridiculous to say. So I just want to pause and say, like, I really mean that. That's not just like me, like saying something that sounds like good marketing, (laughs) like language that, yeah, yeah. speak to what it means to
1: you, because I've watched you go through this, and I agree with you. It is massively profound. So maybe speaking from that perspective would be supportive to someone who's, you know, just struggling with the same.
2: Yeah, Uh, because there are a bazillion ways that you can be, if you are a person that is conscientious, and you care, and you're trying to do your best, which I think at the core, everybody is that that you can just. There are a bazillion ways that you can try to keep moving and keep, you know, thriving. And as you get older and in middle age, you know, you can either just kind of keep going with it or or keep moving forward. And I think for me, because the work I do, the calling I feel, that everything leading into a sense of purpose is ultimately the thing that really like makes me feel connected and one with the world. And Mm. it is a mindset and a belief and a core feeling that you can't rush, but you can't wait for. And for me, it was a combination of like being open to that. And at the beginning of the program, I don't, you know, it's, it doesn't happen instantly. I, I, Mm -hmm. I had to bring myself, I've invested in this. I said, "What do I need? I can't keep going like I'm going. I'm on a hamster wheel." I was given an answer in all of these different ways, and a lot of it is my own responsibility. And that was like the big—that's like the big thing, you know, you having to acknowledge that we're grown up and take responsibility. It's just like, oh, really? I got to do that. But as a result of doing that and sticking with it very quickly i would say in the like big scheme of thing like within a couple months i was really able to be brought to the things that matter to me most which is purpose which is calling which is the intangible parts of what drives me as a entrepreneur as a creative and now i'm finding as a highly sensitive person
1: yeah yeah really amazing and again so valuable to understand what is of value to you and then to be able to utilize something, you know, like the training program to be able to actualize that. And, and as part of that, like you said, to, to acknowledge, right? Like, oh, yeah, I have to be a grown up here. And I appreciate that you spoke to that because that is an area that we tend to share as highly sensitive where we are meant to grow. And become mature, but not necessarily in just the socialized way or definition of maturity, but mature as our own highly sensitive self. And you know, there's right, there's crossovers, but there's there's a difference there. And so, how has this shown up in regards to you know tangible, you know, more maybe outer results that you've been able to to with your physical eyes experience with your physical body as a result
2: Mm -hmm. so this year i was gearing up for 2020 to be a complete business model shift in a business Mm -hmm. that i've had for 25 years next next year will be our 25th anniversary and i was all like I've done it, you know, I've built systems, I've done all sorts of things or reinvented our, you know, our business without losing the core purpose of it, you know, many times. But in 2020, I was like, okay, we're really changing this to support something different. And 2020 being what it is, actually, the fact that I had was at a point where where I understood and had restored my sense of purpose, when everything started to hit in March, I actually had a revelation that I wasn't needing to completely like change my business model, (laughs) but that that was part of me really being completely honest externally with what the purpose of what my purpose was and what the purpose of our business is. And so Mm. we we were able to I, and, you know, there was a tiny bit where I was like, oh, great, here we go. I was all set to try to do this thing. And here, again, why is this happening to me again? You know, <laughs> that that mm-hmm. thing we tell ourselves as high, highly sensitive people who are connected to something bigger than ourselves. Sometimes what yes. we do with that is we flip that into like, oh, the universe is like pushing me down again when it's actually about we're being given a gift of being able to pursue what we really are here to do and that's my feeling. I was able to very quickly provide for my community, my client collaborators, anybody that we have worked with in the last 25 years in the field that we work in, I was very quickly able to like provide support in a time when people were totally shutting down and freaking out and it not just gave me a feeling of stability and purpose and gave something, I believed to my world and my community, but it put me back out there on the map of people seeing what I really do instead of what they think I do. Yeah, wow. So how did that feel for
1: you to, you know, really be able to show up in that way and and not necessarily succumb to so many of our highly sensitive shadows, overwhelm, you know, overprotection, over responsibility, things that could shut us down. But, you know, instead to be able to
2: rise in resilience, what was that experience like for you personally? Yeah. So we talk about that distinction between the zone of excellence and the zone of genius. And the zone of genius is really this place where you don't, it's almost indescribable. Right. It's like bliss, (laughs) you know, and one thing that you said to me on a very early call, some point when I was like, yeah, but the world's falling apart and we've got to save it. And and you said to me, Mm -hmm. like, no, feeling more guilt has never actually saved the world. It never Mm -hmm. did. And going to. And I really appreciate Mm -hmm. that that because. In the field that I'm in, it can be very easy to be these like martyr, like guilt ridden folks that are like, it's still not good enough. It's still not good enough. And, you know, that's everything in from that zone of excellence on down. But that zone of genius, when you know you're in your zone and you know you're in your purpose, you don't even almost don't even feel it. You don't think about it. You just do it. And it's like my health improved, like everything everything improved amazing
1: amazing fine if you don't want to go here but I know that you know as part of your resilience through these exceptional times you just engaged in this beautiful project on social media that was about like these Phoenix freedom prints I I don't know would you would you want
2: to talk about that for a little bit absolutely yeah, so this project is connected directly to, I'm going to back up a little bit, because I think it's, it's very deeply connected to and was revealed through being in the Business Miracles community and specifically at the fall training last year. So I am a visual artist as well in my work and I'm not trained as an artist it's just a way that I have always expressed myself and it is it is what has led me to create my business that combines you know arts activism and engagement and I have been struggling for a long long time with kind of not really knowing what that meant and where that fit in my life And feeling that it was a trigger. It was something that I didn't understand was a trigger for me that I didn't feel like I was a good enough artist or that I was being recognized as somebody that was an artist. And it was kind of deep, deep, deep down in there. And so I've always kind of done it, you know, just because I'm called to do it. And last year at the fall training retreat, you took us through a a process that was really our shame transformation and identifying triggers. And I went through a process where, you know, I was kind of like doing, I was kind of like going along and putting in things that were more related to my business as a leader of my business. So, what are the things that trigger me as an art, as an activist, or as a creative business owner? And I was kind of like, okay, I could work on this and I could work on that. And I know this about myself because I'm 55 years old and I've been doing this for a while. So, I kind of Mm -hmm. I was kind of not quite it wasn't it wasn't the deep stuff, but I was like, yeah, okay, got to do the exercise. And I was going along with it. And then during one of the sharing moments, one of our fellow members got up and said something about this being a year of a phoenix and a transformation. And I had this complete bolt of like lightning in my head that reminded me of an idea I had back in 2000 early 2016 that we needed that I wanted to make an image that was about freedom and where we were going in our country and the idea of like democracy and freedom being twisted in a way that I felt was really detrimental to our soul as a mm. nation. And mm. my father was in the military. I have a long standing like history with like government service and also I am a huge like fan of the WPA and I have a project that celebrates the posters. And I was like, we need to re-imagine our American Eagle symbol, but as a phoenix. And I had started that in 2016 and I just put it away and didn't do anything with it. If you're noticing a theme here, <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> putting things away <laughs> until it's time to do them. <laughs> and when she said that, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is not about my business. This is not about me as a professional woman. This is all about me not being identified, not being, like, acknowledged as an artist for myself more than anything, mm. but also in this, in my world that I work in. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was just like, wait, mm. whoa, huh? And so mm. I went through this process where I was like, well, how do I get? how do I get acknowledged as an artist? And then any other leadership or business management kind of coaching program would have taught me to like, you know, use your power and like demand respect and like puff yourself up. <laughs> right? Yes, <laughs> like Yeah. Right? And yes. what instead I got from you directly was like, through osmosis first, was like, no, Ennis, what you need to do is just make art. <laughs> like, it was so simple. Mm-hmm. It was like, I'm going to get mm-hmm. recognized as an artist, will just be an artist. Mm-hmm. And so I went down this whole road in in that exercise that became so easy to identify, like, okay, what am I going to do? What, what could I do? What will I do? When am I going to do it? What am I going to commit to? And so, we shared that in at the fall training, and I stood up, and I said, I'm going to work 15 minutes a day on my Freedom Phoenix, and who the heck would have known what that meant except you, yeah. Heather, said, yes, with, like, this unbelievable, like, it wasn't fake. It wasn't cheerleadery, It was, like, real. Yeah, so fast forward to the beginning. You know, so I go home, and I'm like, yeah, Freedom Phoenix, 15 minutes a day. And I did. I did. I started it. I pulled it out. I worked on it. I worked on it a little bit every day. I made myself do it. I stuck with it. I stuck with it. I stuck with it. But then 2020 happened and my husband reinforced it when he's like, no, you really got to do that project. And it was a it was something that I did from by hand from start to finish. It did not use my trusty computer, which I normally do as a graphic designer where I drew that phoenix. And then my preferred mode of artistic expression is the block print. And so what I had never done before was, I have done block prints in multiple colors, but what I had never done before, which I do attribute to also this program, is something called a reductive block print where you carve away, you print and then you carve away and you print and you carve away. So you can't actually keep the plates that you've made Once you've printed them, because once you carve it, it's gone. And I used to hold all my, you know, I, I used to make multiple plates and hold them because I might want to print it again and all of these things. And I was like, you know what? This is actually what I'm doing. This is actually what I'm trying to tell the world. Like, let's let go. Let's trust. Let's make something beautiful. Let's share it. And then let's do the next thing. So I documented the process by filming, doing time-lapse photography of this arduous process. I made a limited number of 100, and it ended up being 161 posters, but I pressed ink onto paper more than 2,000 times. And it took a long time. And it was every night, every day, something, you know, like <laughs> making these posters. And I documented it online because the point of it was to show that we can make things, we can move forward, we can let go, we can transmit hope and belief and love. And that's what I was trying to do. Um, and so that's where that's where it ended.
1: So beautiful and such a beautiful journey and process. Thank you so much for sharing that with us and and also, you know, such a, a beautiful outcome. What I love about the story that you just shared of your process, you know, one, it definitely speaks to the power of our training retreat. It also speaks to the power of the highly sensitive and, and being in aligned community as we are in the business miracles community. But it also, to me, what I hear is I hear like a, an overarching Process of the tool that we use in business miracles where we call it the reins process Right, which is adapted mm-hmm. from my work with Tara Brock, but like that recognition Right the then yeah. the allowing the inquiry the nourishing the surrender like all of it And it's so beautiful because it was this literally visceral tangible experience you know of that that transformational tool i think that's really cool i don't know if you've ever made that connection before but that's what i was hearing as i was listening to
2: you i haven't but that is the number one tool that i use i use Uh, all the tools in different ways and i think that was Mm -hmm. the number one tool i i'm not using it as like all the time as i was at in like the middle period, I was like, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out, I'm freaking out. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, we have a tool for this. And I use it when I'm trying to fall asleep, I use it, you know, like that is definitely the thing that got me over the hump. So I think it's a really interesting interpretation of what I did and the process I went through to connect it to that. You're, you're absolutely right. And I do do also Uh want to say that this process, it returned back to me like sevenfold. It it was like not, I wasn't doing it for any other reason than it. And it brought me so much. It brought me back in contact with old friends. It brought old client collaborators back. It brought like, it, it just like all sorts of things that are actually, I don't want to make it just about like this frou-frou like art thing it has a very, it had a very specific ripple effect that has a direct impact on my like sustainable business.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's so beautiful to hear and to really make sure that, you know, you're emphasizing that connection, right? Because again, that demonstrates that act of non-attachment which doesn't mean that we don't receive a return. Ironically, it can mean that we receive a return with so much more fulfillment. So I appreciate you emphasizing making contact with, you know, personally, with professionally, I know income and, you know, that's, that's so important to to mm-hmm. be able to to see that and to say that. So it's gorgeous, yeah.
2: gorgeous. Okay. So Ennis, what is next for you? Oh my goodness. Well, we are celebrating our 25th anniversary next year at Social Impact. Amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. And I am so excited, not just like, oh, what are we going to do? How are we going to do this again? I'm just like, oh, here we go. So we're redoing our website. We're, We're bringing it all back together. So just as a quick back, just to back up a little bit, that business model that I was trying to put into place at the beginning of 2020 was really a, a, a last ditch effort to like have a way that my business could still survive that I had built without me having to like work that hard at it. And that was totally the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. That was totally a wrong way to think about it. But I didn't, I was so desperate. I was like, okay, if we just do this and we just like make an automated thing and then people will do it and then we'll make the money we need to live. And that's not the reason. That's not the reason to do a business model shift. And that's right. not the reason to do a USS program. You know, like have you have everything like codified? That's not codifying it into a system. Does not absolve you from like, nor should it, like, from being this like totally psyched, excited leader of your business.
1: And Agreed.
2: So I i am so glad that I had that awareness. And this is what has come from, you know, obviously 2020 has played a big part in that, but I think I probably would have gotten there regardless. I would have like Mm -hmm. continued to like feel the benefits of what we do to the point that it like gave me an aha moment. And you, you allow that freedom. You say that to us a lot, which I really appreciate, which is like, it's, it, it may be a business. It may be a business model shift, but it may not be. And you need to listen to your you need to listen to what your instinct and purpose is telling you. Yeah. Um, so you know the 25th anniversary is where we're bringing it kind of all back together. We're not putting things in silos. We're help. We're going to be more explicit about how everything we do is actually about removing barriers for inspired ideas to go into action. That's what we do, Ugh. and everything. Exciting going to be focused on that
1: yes beautiful again such a beautiful demonstration and example of how we work best as highly sensitive right you don't do the model just for the sake of doing the model you don't follow the formula just for the sake of following the formula not that we don't use systems to support us Mm -hmm. in operations but it has to be driven first through you know, where is my intuition guiding me? What is it that's motivating me, calling me forward? And this is it in action. And I'm, I'm just so excited for you. So what advice would you have for other highly sensitives, you know, who are listening and they might be thinking or feeling like, Oh yeah, that's great. Like Ennis was able to do that, but I don't know if I could really do that with my business or project or you know, purpose-driven idea, what would you, what would you have to say to them?
2: Yeah, I would say the main thing is trust your inner voice.
1: Mm. And you
2: may not, you may have built so many, oh gosh, I think, I'm trying to think of who said this on, on one of our meetings, but we may have built so many, like so much armor you know up around us mm-hmm. that we, we can't even hear that inner voice anymore. So it's easy to say like trust your inner voice if you're like I don't know what it's saying. Mm-hmm. So if you if you can't feel if you don't feel like you know it, it's not it's it's there and it doesn't need that much. It needs like quiet. It needs like love and care and trust. And then yeah. once you hear it, like trust it and then ask yourself not like Whether or not, ask yourself how. Mm. Yes.
1: Yes. Beautiful. So, my dear, where can listeners find out more about you and the just amazing work that continues to emerge
2: from social impact? So, right now, our website is socialimpactstudios.com and um, I say right now because we're bringing it all back together and uh, it may be different in the future, but you'll always be able to find us there. Such a long yes. website name. Socialimpactstudios.com. And if you want to see the Freedom Phoenix, that, yes. I'm grateful that you brought that up. You can go to enniscarter.com, which is really just like a collection of my my work as an artist. <laughs>
1: yes
2: yes so exciting and that's new that's like brand new as a result of that Freedom phoenix project
1: super cool even better so beautiful amazing ennis so incredible and you know in addition to everything else that we've already talked about what's so exciting to me is that you're 25 years in and yet you are your own phoenix rising and (laughs) You're on this beautiful precipice of so much that's so exciting and is about to be birthed and born in you know a whole new way for you. That is my my deep deep sense and excitement for you. And I'm honored and thrilled to be a part of it. So thank you thank for being you so here today. You are so welcome.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, thank you um, for yeah, making this space for us because there's really, it's rare that you can go into a community, especially as a highly sensitive person, and not be like, yeah, I like this part, but I don't like that part. Like, it's rare that you can go into a community and be like, what? Yes, 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 this speaks to me. Yes, I trust these people. Yes, everything seems, yes. And you've carved, you've made made that space. So thank you.
1: Oh, Oh, you are so welcome. And I'm just so, so grateful, you know, that that's, that's your experience and uh, we are so so fortunate to be traveling and journeying together in this way so again thank you and for everyone listening until next time
0: Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed this episode of A Course in Business Miracles. If you're ready to learn how to use your highly sensitive abilities to support you in being purposeful, profitable, and empowered rather than scattered, poor, and undervalued, Take the quiz and receive your free success guide now at www.hsequiz.com.